Welcome to Smart Politics. I'm your host, Anthony Arnold. This is episode two of the new set of shows about the connections between culture and politics. In the last episode, I sat down with my buddy Alex, who talked to me about the manga Haiku that he had chosen. So if you haven't checked that episode out yet and you think you'd be interested, definitely go back and give it a listen. But for this show, I'm joined by my friend Frank, a.k.a. Frank the Tank, a.k.a. Frank I.V. At this point, he's probably one of my oldest friends. So we met each other uh, over a decade ago at a job that would one day be shipped off to Costa Rica, which (laughs) that job and the way it left the United States is a story for a different day. Um, But I first got to know him through the the time-minor tradition of Call of Duty, and we've been friends ever since then. Uh, Side note, I was trash at Call of Duty. Just a lot of memories of me going like 1 and 15 on the mic. It was a bad time. Uh, I've improved since then. I'm no longer a scrub. But he's not on this show to talk about video games. Instead, he's chosen music and specifically hip-hop. And judging from his well-known love for all things Wu-Tang, I'm guessing this discussion will have a noticeable old-school flavor to it. And if you know anything about me, your host, then you'll know that's fine with me. Frank, thanks for joining me. Hey, glad to be here. Thanks for asking me here. All right, so like I said in the first episode with Alex, and like I just told you off-air, start with a bit of an icebreaker. So when I approached you to do this show, uh, what made you think hip-hop? Like, that's what I want to choose. That's what I want to talk about. Just outside the politics, why'd you choose to go with hip-hop? Because hip-hop is what made me culturally aware and aware of things outside of my world. Yeah. I mean, when you look at the history of America and we talk about racism, we talk about politics, and we talk about, you know, the social effects of politics, I had no clue coming up. My family didn't talk about yeah. politics. We didn't really get into the cultural things. Like, I grew up in the church. Um, so I didn't really think about it. I didn't, I was kind of insulated, I'd yeah. say. Yeah. And then as I started to listen to hip-hop, you know, and of course, I'm old enough I can go back to Run DMC, you know, Sugar Hill game. Yep. You know, I was, I wasn't there at the beginning, but I was there very early yeah. in, the, yeah. in the hip-hop game. And, you know, my, even my listening taste changed. Like, at first it was all gangster, all, you know, let's run the streets, let's do this. And then at some point, and I kind of believe it was when I was introduced to Wu-Tang. And yeah. those were, I don't know if I can talk about this, but these were in some 420 <laughs> sessions. <laughs> Go uh, ahead. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, that's where, because initially I didn't like Wu-Tang. When, yeah. when 36 Chambers came out, I was like, what is that? You know, really? I'm listening, I'm like, that was the Foosh Niggas time. I was like, what is all this weird <laughs> stuff? And then it was really the purple tape, Raekwon. Yeah. And I started to listen. And some of the things that they talked about in there and some of the people that they mentioned, I was like, all right, I like the beat. I like the music. Yeah. I like his flow. Who is he talking about? What right. is he talking about? <laughs> And that just kind of springboarded me into, you know, looking outside. Like I was right. looking up all these people and I was looking into the slang and and then, you know, just out of that, the people that I was around at that time, you know, just exposed me and we started talking about more philosophy yeah. and those kind of things. And then me and my mother started talking about politics and the social effects of politics. So like all around at this same time, like my world I'd say exploded. Yeah, yeah. And it made me start to look outside 
you know, and, you know, made me aware of the effects of some of these things, made me aware of the effects these people had on history, you know, because, you know, in school, all we're really taught is Martin, yep, little Harry Tubman. Yep. If we're lucky, some <laughs> Frederick Douglass. But you're real lucky. They may, maybe you might hear about Malcolm, but nine times out of ten, yeah. probably not. Yeah. So, you know, when I started to see those things and wake up and realize those things about what I missed in high school and what I had been exposed to, I say that was just kind of my springboard. Yeah. And yeah. then I started to look at politics and the effects and I'm, you know, I'm listening to, you know, so-and-so and this is, they're having this argument about this and they're trying to do this and they don't believe that this policy will work. And right. Right. So that's, that's, that's yeah. how hip hop. Yeah. No, me I mean, where I am now. No, you're right. Like, like for me, it was, it's, it's, it's similar. Right. I mean, I think I've said to you before, my upbringing was not, like what you would think of the the stereotypical person of color, like man of color upbringing. And so it was similar to me. Hip hop gave me sort of a window to see things that I wasn't familiar with, but that because I'm biracial, my mom's side is black. Those things were like right on the other side of what I knew. Mm -hmm. Right. And it gave me a chance to sort of understand something I couldn't personally experience. It gave me a chance to sort of start, thinking about it. And then I could see how it really did tie into my life in ways that I wasn't always aware of. And, you know, you mentioned like some of those leaders, like you're not getting to someone like Marcus Garvey in school. No. <laughs> but if you listen to some <laughs> hip hop, I mean, you, you'll be like, wait a minute, who, yes. who the hell is Marcus Garvey? Yes. Like, oh, you'll, they'll get you there, but you're not getting there in school guys. No. So yeah, this, this old school hip hop has a, a almost, educational aspect to it mm -hmm. which is may sound bizarre to people who don't know but those of us who do know i mean you mentioned coming in listening to most deaf i said like black star that's him and talib kwali was like my mm -hmm. first one of my first real hip-hop loves was black star and i would say you know you have an artist who's doing a song based off of a langston hughes poem like this is this is education right that's at that right. point you are firmly in the avenue. This is actual mm -hmm. education. This is this is as valuable as the things you may learn in school. Um, so I'm with you on that, right? Like the educational window, world building aspects of it. That's sort of how I came to fall in love with it as as well. Um, but shifting to the politics of it, you and I had talked about some of this before, so I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see where this will go. So, how do you think about? the politics of of hip-hop and how it, you know, the themes, how those themes helped you, how those themes shaped you, what those themes have to say about where we are today, right? Um, old school versus new school hip-hop, they have different value sets. What do you think about that, you know? Because um, you hear that all the time from, from hip-hop heads. Like, oh, it's not like it used to be. Um, and as people who've listened, to both mm -hmm. of those eras. Do you think there's some truth in this idea that like the, the, the value set of hip hop today is very different and that this reflects something about the politics, the culture of, of whatever. <sighs> uh, it's like a big question. I know. Yeah. So give yourself, yeah. give yourself. Yeah. And I know yourself, we're supposed uh, to be talking politics. So I'm trying to make yeah. sure we still talk politics and not the, our evolution of hip hop. <laughs> I mean, we can kind of, I mean, you know, um, but there's a feedback loop there, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Part and, of 
there's a cycle that like some of what the old school hip hop talks about because that almost didn't come to pass into politics the music evolves in this harder edged way mm-hmm. so i i'll throw this out there i would say there's almost something despite like the anger that you may hear in like a public enemy mm-hmm. i think there's something more optimistic Mm-hmm. in public enemy than there is today. Even though I would say today they appear to be much less angry. Yeah. They're also, I think, striving for less. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's almost like the frustrations of the failed goals of, like, public enemy led to the cynicism. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and I, uh, again, I keep trying to go back and yeah. link this to actual politics, but it's you know, when you look at the evolution of hip hop, I mean, beginning on, it was, to me, it was a cry out. It yeah. was a call out to, hey, this is how we're living. Yeah. But that living was a reflection of the politics. It was a reflection of the red line. And it was a f- reflection of the latent effects of Jim Crow. It was it was a reflection of all of those things. and. And, you of know, Reagan, yeah, <laughs> particularly Reagan. Like that was one of the first things I thought of. You know, when particularly when I think of you know, um, oh, oh man, just so much of that back here. You know, because Reagan was really kind of for me where I started really to pay attention. Yeah, the welfare queen. Yep. The you know how people, you know, I saw how polarizing Reagan oh, made man. us. That was when I really first started waking yeah. up. Like politics really has an effect. Yeah on our lives yeah and you know continuing back to the hip-hop side of it you know you see you know first we were crying out then we were like hey let's take our power back so then it got into right the self-destruction and the and the the black college you know um sweatshirts and all this like hey we can let's come in and do something let's make a change yeah and then and then something came in and took yeah. over. Yeah. And that's a whole that like that's a whole nother conversation about that. But you know, you see how I keep wanting to relate this to politics, but you see yeah. how the politics of the day changed what the message was. Yeah. No, exactly. Because it became, you know, at first they just kind of let hip hop go and then they saw the effects. Yes. hip hop was having on us. Yes. I mean, I still read articles about how, you know, during that that latent phase, that conscious phase, you know, black college enrollment jumped up 25, 30 yep. some percent. Yep. You know what I'm saying? We were finally starting to say, hey, let's go out and let's get these jobs. Let's, let's become doctors. Let's become lawyers. Let's become CEOs. Yeah. And then hip hop took a dive. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to essentially say that. Call me old school. Call me one of those guys that's saying, oh, man, the music of our day. day. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> call, call me that guy. But, you know, when you look at now, it when hip-hop became mainstream and started to become so pop, yeah, all that consciousness and all those that were talking yeah. about empowerment. And I, and I think in the reflection of how that goes back to politics is, you know, when we, I feel like, you know, up until Reagan, everybody was like, 
politics is what can gave us. Politics is what can save us. Politics is what can make the positive change in America. And because the, I feel like the goal in politics became not about betterment of the country or doing what's good for the people of the country. It became retaining power. It became getting elected and staying in in power. Then the message of politics became more divisive. Yes. Yes. And that's where I see the reflection in, in, in hip hop is it's kind of like they went kind of like hand in hand. Right. Right. Uh, I mean, let me ask you a question. So I, I'm going to try to condense some of what I think we've both been hitting at. I'm going to try to ask sort of more pointed questions, okay. right? And this, this is something I think you've mentioned about seeing reflected in hip-hop. It's something I think about in terms of politics, movements in politics. And you'll, you'll understand where I'm going here. Okay. The question then is this. So well, let me first lay out a point. You cannot make it big, quote, big, as a hip hop artist without appealing to white people. Like, no, not anymore. They got the money. Yeah. And they have a lot of the power. They have a lot of jobs. Yeah. A lot of people think about this. You, as, as black as someone like 50 Cent may be, 50 Cent ain't making money unless white kids buy his albums. <laughs> this is economics. Facts. So, can you advocate for change if you have been co opted? by the larger structure itself. Because hip-hop used to be outside of the structure, mm-hmm. but in order to succeed as a hip-hop artist, you have to be co-opted by the structure. This is the thing in politics, mm-hmm. right? Can you advocate for Black power, Black change, the uplifting of Black people, having been co-opted by the larger political structure? This is where I think you see the mirror and a lot of movements, I think, face this, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Can you advocate for gay rights, trans rights, whatever rights, if you are fully co-opted by the machine? Because mm. <laughs> this is the change you're talking about. Some point in the 90s, the structure realizes how economically valuable hip-hop is. Yes. And they absorb it. Yes. And the hip-hop changes. Yes. Because the structure doesn't want the public enemy messaging. That's not what they want. No. And and this is true. There are some great artists in the 90s who I think you can look back and go like, hmm, are you quite sure that they were good for the development of hip-hop? So how do you think about this question? Can you truly advocate having been totally absorbed by the thing itself? Yes. Okay. And the the first artist that comes to mind, oddly enough, is Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And because it took me a minute to catch on to Kendrick. Yes. Because, of course, he came in, you know, (sighs) (laughs) with the songs that he came in, which were extremely pop. Yep. But when you dug under the surface, when you listen to what he was really saying. Yeah. And in all honesty, some of those, I don't know if satire is the word, but some of his songs really was like, yeah, up here, the lyrics, and and yes, you're dancing to it, and it sounds like I'm celebrating this, <laughs> when quietly I am really criticizing right. this <laughs> right. and calling this out for what yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, 
in relation to politics and what I see in politics, I think politics, you know, I almost feel like hip hop is slightly ahead of the curve of where our politics are. Yeah. Because I feel like hip hop took this rise and started to crash when it became mainstream. And of course, kind of like co-opted by yep. the system where it became like pop and you had to say these things. You had yep. to talk about party and you had to talk about drugs and, and your, your, you know, how you were yep. good and successful with women too. Underneath now, there is this undercurrent of consciousness again. Yes. And I feel the same way in politics. I mean, when you see, you know, we're at this crest of such divisive politics right now. And it's it's about owning each other. It's about, you know what I'm saying, just not even anymore. I don't feel like politics, from what I see and feel, is not anymore about doing what's good for the country. It's about doing what's good for themselves, doing what's right. good sometimes not even for the party, but for right. themselves personally. Right. But underneath that, there are politicians that are still trying to do right. Right. You know, Liz Warren paid a heavy price for standing on her, you know, ethics and her morals of, hey, we are politicians and our job is to do this. We cannot be, right. allow ourselves to be taken in by these Bobarts and these MGTs. Right. right. And she paid a heavy price. Right. Romney paid a price you yes. know some of the ones that were what they call rhinos now at this point you know the moderates right paid a price right but they're still there right but they're a lot quieter yes they are and just the screaming of the extreme is just so loud at this point yeah and and, and no you're right and i mean hip-hop may be ahead of the curve because hip-hop went through like a sort of a lost wandering in the wilderness period mm -hmm. when it was first sort of absorbed where the political edge of it was kind of lost. Mm -hmm. And now you're right. There's, there's people like Kendrick who have reclaimed the political edge of hip hop from the eighties and have found a way to like merge it with the capitalist, mm -hmm. <laughs> the capitalist desire to like make things kids will listen to. Um, and he's he's sort of fused it together, him. Um, but you know it. It's really hard though. Yes. Like Kendrick, I think is like how the politicians who hold the line are rare. Kendrick is a rare bird. Yes. Um, there's some other popular artists who. I mean, I'll just say it. Like Drake stuff is more ear. Drake stuff has more like pop appeal. Mm -hmm. But then when I examine the lyrics of Drake, I'm like, there's just nothing there. No, it's just, no, <laughs> just pure, like top level. Mm -hmm. It's cool to listen to. Mm -hmm. And then I look, what are these? We may respect Kendrick, but Drake has been like way more successful. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, man, I wish Kendrick had risen to the level of like Drake's success, mm -hmm. but he has not. And I think the success of like what I would say is largely just like a pure sugary rush yeah. of Drake. Yeah. Says so like, I don't know. I hope we're not fighting a losing battle. Yeah. But I slightly worried that we might be. I, I don't think so. I'm I'm a little optimistic. And, you know, when I think about that hip hop politics. Yeah. Kendrick may not be as popular and a lot of the conscious artists may not be as popular, but they're still being heard. That's true. And and when you look at politics, those moderates, and that's on both sides, because they're, right. they're extremes on liberal and, yeah, yeah. and, and conservative side. 
those moderates are still there. Yeah. They're still talking. And somebody is hearing it <laughs> because they're still getting elected. Right. They're still right. In, in politics. They're still making the votes. So I feel like at some point, just like in hip hop, there's going to come this point where people are like, man, I'm tired of just partying. I'm tired of just, <laughs> you know, my mind feels like it's been brain wiped, Can't be you know, listening forever. to some of this music. And I feel like the same thing is going to happen in politics. Um, and I think it's going to come from both sides because, and this is in my conversation, you know, I, yeah. I, I'm able to have conversations with people on both yeah. sides of the aisle, even to the fars of each side of the aisle. And the thing that, and the thing that always gives me hope about politics and where we are and where we are to go is in essence, we all kind of really want the same thing. Right. And those divisive points, those were created by the ones in power, the ones yes. in election, those were created to give them something to rally people behind to vote for. Right. But in the end, the people want to live a comfortable life, secure, and be able to and be able to thrive. And you can't, you cannot stop that. I love you that. can, you can arrest it, you can hold it up for a minute. But just like hip hop is going to come back, as you hear on the underground, right. it is. Right. So is politics. I love that. I love that. That's a good note to end this on. So thank you once again, Frank, for joining me. Uh, this was a ball. As always, I want to encourage you all, the audience, to continue the discussion on our social media pages, Facebook or Instagram. And like all of our shows here, this podcast is brought to you in part by LEAC Productions, a studio for podcasters and musicians, and Pointcast News. To listen to our podcast, you can visit our website at pointcast.news or subscribe to our feed on Apple Podcasts. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and make sure you join us next time.